Are you frustrated with your co-parent? Do you sometimes find yourself hoping that you and your co-parent will one day get along better than you even did in your marriage? Or more secretly, wish your co-parent would meet with an untimely or maybe painful demise. (laughs) It's okay, we understand. But I'm afraid that neither of those fantasies are helping you move on with your life. We think this podcast will help you learn how to put those fantasies in the past. In each episode, we address difficult dilemmas that many co-parents face and will help you decide should you hold on to the conflict for the sake of the kids or let it go for the same reason. These issues are often complicated, but the solutions can be easier than you think. So get ready for this unconventional ride. You might be surprised it could change your life. If you've got a dilemma to share, please call our voicemail number at 1-234-DILEMMA or email us at 1234dilemma at gmail.com. Remember, dilemma is spelled D-I-L-E-M-M-A. Welcome to Co-Parent Dilemmas, where we give you practical solutions to those impossible co-parents. I'm Diane Dirks. I'm Rick Voiles. And Rick, today I'm very excited because I have a new microphone. Yay! <laughs> so I'm hoping I no longer sound like I'm in a can. It's the so, little things in life. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So we have a show today that is about opinions. Mm. And both you and I, Rick, have dealt with parents, co-parents who really struggle with knowing how to share an opinion. And since you and I are both mediators and negotiators, we know that you can't really even begin negotiation if you start off with disrespect, right? Correct. That, <laughs> that always, go well. no, that always puts people on the defensive and causes them, I think, to polarize and take sides. Uh, I think we see that in our society today about a lot of different topics. Right. Yeah. Instead of approaching someone with kindness or respect, if we just start out with how dare you, as we often see many co-parents do, then you're probably not going to get the result you need. So what we want to do today, we've got this great question on our voicemail, and it led us into thinking this is a great show to do about how to express an opinion in a way that gets you the best possible outcome, yes. and, which, which would be what, what would be the best possible outcome when you express an opinion to your co-parent? That you are heard. That's the best possible outcome. Well, I think that you're heard and that they actually do what you say. Oh, I wasn't expecting <laughs> that at all. <laughs> I think Johnny ought to go to bed at nine instead of 10. And then she says, you're right. I will go ahead and do that because your opinion matters. Does it oh. ever go that way? Oh, no, that's miraculous. That's not. <laughs> no. Well, that's kind of left to the cooperative parents, right? Yes. And, and this show is not necessarily for the cooperative parent, although some cooperative parents still have dilemmas. But we hope to help those that are really struggling with their communication in this episode. So uh, what do we have? Tell us about the voicemail work. Well, we're hearing a problem that Brandon would like for us to talk about for his benefit today. Brandon is from Houston. Okay. Hey, Rick and Diane. This is Brandon from Houston. Thanks for doing the show. It's been very educational for me. Uh, But I am really frustrated with my ex, and maybe you can help. 
Uh, she has my son every other weekend, and he keeps coming home from her house exhausted, like he hasn't slept at all. I'm pretty sure he lives on fast food over there and just plays video games all weekend. I mean, he plays Fortnite with his friends over here too, but we have limits on screen time in this house. Over there, it seems like it's it's just no work, all play. It makes me glad I have custody, but I hate feeling like my son's being neglected every time he's with my ex or my co-parent. What can I do? Thanks. So, sounds like Brandon wants his co-parent to be the kind of parent that he is, conscientious. Yes. There's this expectation that the other parent knows how to be a good parent and consequently ought to be a good parent. And I can hear this feeling of powerlessness. I care. I'm putting all this work into it. And it not only, it might be one thing that the other parent doesn't care, but it's not just that they're undermining what I'm doing. Right. Now, we often hear the absolute statements, she always, he never, right? Right. Those are very common between two people that are at odds with one another. And even though he says his child always eats fast food, we don't know that that's true. We don't know that his child would come home and tell him, we ate broccoli tonight, dad. We didn't <laughs> eat French fries. And I hated but- it. He is getting the impression because of what he's being told that there's not much nutrition going on over there, that he's not being monitored on his video gaming, which is, you know, a valid issue these days with kids and their video gaming, uh, that maybe he's not getting the right amount of rest. He seems exhausted when he comes home. So there's nothing about his concerns that are wrong. No. But he has an opinion about how he parents and how she should parent. So so opinions are important to express, but they can also get us in a lot of trouble. And I think we need to acknowledge everybody has a right to their opinion. Sure. So he has evidence and he's come to conclusions. And okay, those are his opinions. And whether it's true or not, it's still of concern for him as a co-parent. So the question is, how do you share an opinion without going down that rabbit hole of that ends in, well, I'll just see you in court, which no one really wants to go there, versus not sharing it at all, and then feeling like I'm not playing an active role and making sure my child is taken care of wherever he is. Well, that's really the rub between do you hold on or let it go? Right. Yeah, because yeah. right now, I mean, it, the hold on, let it go kind of slips both ways. If I hold on, should I say something? We're, we're saying, yes, it's appropriate to say something, but you need to say something in a way that lets it go. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's unpack that because I think right. that balance is important. And maybe talk about how we discuss this in our courses that we teach and uh, What do you think about doing the Johnny email? Okay. So here's John doing it the wrong way. All right. So he goes, dear Jane, Johnny said that when he is at your home, he does not have to brush his teeth. I think this is very neglectful and shows that you have not changed your way since we were married. I am tired of always having to be the responsible parent. 
The American Dental Association's website states that if our child does not brush his teeth at least twice a day, he is likely to have gingivitis by the time he is 12 years old. Oh, my. I am respectfully asking you to please follow the ADA guidelines and make sure Johnny brushes at least twice per day. Sincerely, <laughs> John. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, John. If, I, <laughs> if I'm Jane, I read the first sentence and then when I get to the word neglectful, I delete. You're done. Right? <laughs> You're never finishing it. The rest. No, because you can bet Jane's going, oh, John, you haven't changed either. Here we go again. And, and it, it's kind of hilarious that he's citing the American Dental Association's website, which is kind of saying to the other parent, you're such an idiot that you know I have to tell you how to brush your child's teeth. And in fact, here's what the authorities say. You know, that's really condescending if you ask me. Very much. I got a truth on my side. So it really kind of begs the question, does John really want Jane to help their child's dental health? Or is he relishing in the fact that I'm the better parent and I'm going to send an email to let you know that I know what you're up to and I'm better? And maybe it's a little bit of both. So the wrong thing about this email is it's not going to get you the result that you actually want. If you are just doing it to make her feel like you're the better parent, forget it. She doesn't think so. <laughs> so that doesn't help there. And she's probably going to get rebellious. And next time Johnny comes over, she's going to give him candy and say, well, here, we'll really ruin your teeth now. I mean, which puts the kid in the middle, right? <laughs> <laughs> here, I'll show your kid. dad. We want to not only brush your teeth, not brush your teeth, but eat some extra candy this weekend. <laughs> That's right. I'll show him. <laughs> yes. Very unfair to little Johnny, whose teeth are falling out. <laughs> right. And, and do you think Johnny's ever going to want to say anything else to dad ever again? I mean, this basically caused a conflict and depending upon how old he is, which he's less than 12, he probably feels responsible for this. So now he's in the middle. He feels yeah. guilty. His stress goes up. And this is what we mean by putting children in the middle and conflict hurts them. Right. And another aspect of this is would Johnny lie? Oh, <laughs> <For kids? laughs> because he doesn't, because he doesn't want to have to brush his teeth at dad's. I mean, kids do that all the time. We don't have to do chores at mom's house. Why do we have to do them here? Or right. mom lets me wear that provocative shirt to school. Why can't you, you know, they're trying to get their own way. So they will throw the other parent under the bus to yeah. get the parent they're with to do what they want them to do. And parents simply just can't fall for that. On should say to Johnny when he brings it to him. Well, that's great that at mom's, you don't have to work so hard, but at my house, we're brushing teeth Yep. and not get all upset about it in front of Johnny. But again, if it seems that Johnny's struggling with his oral health, it's an okay opinion to share. I don't think it's like death, but how you share it is vitally important. So let's relate this a little bit to Brandon. Okay. Brandon, we, we would not recommend that you write an email like this. You didn't tell us your child's name, but let's say Johnny. Johnny comes home exhausted. He tells me he's eating fast food all the time and plays video games. Why are you such a neglectful parent? Why can't you do the right thing? That is not going to produce the outcome you're looking for. Yeah. So don't do people, it this way. People usually don't want to negotiate when they're met with your accusation. And Brandon sounded intelligent enough that he knows he can't control mom. And, you know, you could 
take this to court, but you have to have some hard and fast evidence or proof that your child is suffering at the hands of the other parent, or else you're just going to waste a lot of money on the he said, she said in the courtroom, right? Right. So Brandon, we want you to share an opinion, but we also want you to let it go. But what happens if mom does feed him candy? And in this case, and Johnny's teeth starts to fall out. What, what happens? Is he still powerless? Well, let's talk, let's give the best answer. Ah, And then I'll, then I'll go into that. So we gave you the wrong way to share an opinion. Let's talk about what would be a better way. And there are many different ways. This isn't the only best way, but this would be a better way. All right, here we go. This is what we would consider an effective opinion. Jane, the other day, Johnny told me that he never has to brush his teeth at your house and doesn't even have a toothbrush there. I really doubt that's true but wanted to let you know what he is saying in case he is trying to manipulate us. Thanks, John. So John is very savvy in this answer. (laughs) He's been listening to our podcast, right? (laughs) Exactly. He's no different than he was in the last email. He hasn't gone through 15 sessions of therapy. Mm -hmm. He still has all of those same thoughts. He still thinks she's neglectful. He still thinks that she's a bad parent, that she's an idiot because she doesn't look at the American Dental Association's website. Yeah. But he keeps all of that to himself. And he's he's hedging here to get the most productivity out of his email or the result that he wants is that he hopes that Jane will go, oh, okay, well, gee, Johnny's telling dad that he's not brushing his teeth. What I think is really important about this is him saying, I really doubt that's true. Okay. Yeah. What, it, what does that say to Jane? I, well, there's a benefit of the doubt here, or at least yes. he's stating one, whether he believes it or not, he's at least communicating. She hears it. So yeah. she's going to be more open. Well, he's validating her. He's kind of saying that doesn't sound like something you would do, mm-hmm. even though in his mind, he thinks <laughs> she Definitely. would do such a thing. Yep. And, you know, we've had feedback on this where people say, well, I'm just going to tell the truth. I'm not going to be fake. I'm not going to act like she's better than she is. Well, you do that a lot everywhere. If you write an email to your boss to explain why you think you need to have a raise and you think your boss is a terrible boss, but you're going to keep a lot of that to yourself and you're probably going to be respectful. You're probably going to say things in a way that isn't going to alienate your boss from you, right? Because you want something from someone, you don't tear them down to get it. So he's giving her the benefit of the doubt. He's saying, I doubt it's true. He's not saying, oh, you can't possibly be that bad of a parent. I think you're the wonder, you know, he doesn't have to go overboard, but he's saying, I doubt that's true, which is going to make her want to read on, right? Your first couple of sentences need to be such that the other parent actually wants to read the rest of your message. Yes. And what about this last sentence? But I wanted to let you know what he is saying in case he is trying to manipulate us. Well, like like you said, we we don't know whether Johnny is telling the truth or not. And, And I guess we really don't have to know where he's maximized the best possible outcome this way. Because if Johnny is telling the truth and mom gets this email, she's going to know, uh-oh, 
now I've been called out. She may even talk to Johnny. Why are you throwing me under the bus, Johnny? <laughs> right. Stop telling dad that you're not brushing your teeth, even though it's true. You get, yeah, you're going to be in trouble. And maybe, all right, okay, so if it's true, maybe I'll have him brush a little bit once, maybe not twice, but just so right. that he can't say it anymore. Right. So this gets John the best possible chance that mom will start brushing Johnny's teeth giving her the benefit of the doubt, her talking to Johnny, or maybe she doesn't even talk to Johnny. She just goes, oh, wow. You know, maybe I don't want to tell dad that Johnny's right. So maybe, (laughs) maybe I better go out and buy a toothbrush. But what if mom is brushing Johnny's teeth and she gets this kind of email? He still hasn't accused her of anything. I hope she goes to Johnny and says, hey, buddy, (laughs) you know, we brush our teeth over here. What are you telling? And then the child goes, oh, you mean you guys actually talk to each other? Yep. Hmm. Which can actually keep a manipulative child from playing one parent against the other because they're sharing valuable information. Yes. I think this is a much better way to share an opinion. And, And, you know, John's the reason he's savvy here is really not sharing an opinion. The opinion is embedded in the email. The opinion is kind of a silent, we both think teeth brushing is important. And here I'm finding out from Johnny, it's not happening. You know, we need to find out what's going on with Johnny. And right. he's making I mean, it about the child, not about their conflict. There, And that's the difference between the other one. The other mm-hmm. one was all about mom, not about the child. This one is about the child. Completely. Yep. Yeah. So again, let's get back to Brandon. Let's talk about how he would share an opinion in the right way. What would the words be that he would use? He's got an issue with his child's fatigue, yes. issue with his eating habits, and an issue with his video game playing. Well, Can you put that all in one statement that just kind of says no. something. Yeah, I don't know that I would do all in one statement because <laughs> okay. that's going to sound like a, a list of charges uh, in right. a court of law. So maybe prioritize which one seems to be the most important to you. And yeah, he talks about, you know, tired fatigue, maybe not getting sleep at all. He's got some thinking why child's not getting sleep video games, but let's not talk about video games. Let's talk about fatigue. I'm concerned that Johnny comes home from your house exhausted. I don't know what he's doing over there, but wondered if, you would check on him to make sure he's sleeping well, something like that. I don't even know that I would go as far as um, talking about her house Ah. as much as I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but Johnny seems more tired than usual. Oh, I like that. And, and, and with his schooling, you know, being so important because he didn't do so well last year, you know, we're trying to bring up his grades in math and here's what we're doing in our house because he's been coming home from school and wanting to take a nap. And so I just thought I would let you know, we're asking him to go to bed a little bit earlier at night, watching that he's not drinking caffeine products in the evening so he can get a good night or something like that. It's always a good idea to say, here's what we're doing in our house and not demanding that you do it at your house. But here's kind of what we're doing to address the problem and then ask for ideas. I would be open to any ideas that you might have. Yes. Yeah, kind of, and, and even if that kills you to say that, because, <laughs> because you are absolutely certain you have all of the evidence that this parent is just not paying attention to Johnny's sleep, it's still not going to get you anywhere. 
to be accusatory. So you have to finesse this a little bit to try not to say things that are going to shut them down to make them not want to read your email or not want to answer in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I like that a lot better. Uh, Have you noticed any change in his energy levels or even ask, we've noticed that there's been some fatigue. Wondered if you've noticed anything over there as Mm -hmm. well. Something like and, that. And I think probably the second thing, most important thing is the video game playing. And you could do the same thing with that. I don't know if this happens at your house, but if Johnny plays more than an hour on video games, I notice he's really amped up or he's extra disrespectful or he seems really exhausted and he gets angry easily or whatever. So we've decided over here, we're going to limit the game time to this. Let me know if you have any feedback. Then if mom has feedback, And she puts it in writing. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I think I'm going to do this over here. When you write something down, it kind of makes you want to be accountable to it if it's your idea, right? Yeah. And she may say it and never do it. But at least he's putting the idea in her head and she's coming back with some sort of idea. Because I think that is a big problem. But as far as the food issue, if you've got custody, Brandon, and he eats McDonald's three times a day for two days, and you do healthy food the rest of the week, you're good. Your, your child won't die from that. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Keep the long, I wouldn't, long picture. Keep the big I picture. I think that's probably the least one that you can really come up with a good argument for because she's going to deny that. You know, I think if you say, you know, in our house, we eat tofu and <laughs> granola and we're suggesting you do that too. I think that's the hardest to manage somebody else's house. I was a single parent for many years. And let me tell you, I was going to school and working and managing my children. And, you know, sometimes you just don't have time to cook or you go home and you're like, oh, I forgot to go to the grocery store because there's nothing in the house. And you stop at McDonald's. Yep. It's just, it's just what people do. And you can't tell me that Brandon doesn't ever do that. I don't know if he does. That's amazing. But Well, he doesn't do it three times a day. We know that. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. So the idea is to, whether hold on or let it go, it's sort of, it's okay to hold on to it as something that meets your values for your child and to express it. But our role, Rick, usually is say it once, maybe if it still persists as a problem, say it twice, but then don't bring it up again. Because on the third time, your co-parent's going to start to feel harassed. Yeah. And and you're trying to control and you don't have control. So the more you try, the more you create a conflict and that's what hurts the kids by keeping his focus on Johnny's mental and emotional well-being, it becomes less relevant proving or stating whether mom's doing this or not doing this. The fact of the matter isn't as important as hopefully getting some kind of change for Johnny's benefit. So hold on for a couple of times, but share the opinion the right way with the you know best chance of getting what you want in return. And then you may have to let it go if nothing changes. And that gets me to what you were asking about earlier, Rick. Yes. What happens then if Johnny just never brushes his teeth? You take him to the dentist and he says, okay, this kid's teeth are falling out. He's got gingivitis or whatever. Or the kid ends up needing counseling and then the counselor says, well, this video game playing is really probably too much screen time for him. It's changing his personality. Anytime you have to bring in a professional to address an issue uh, like a pediatrician or, you know, this child is not getting enough sleep because here's what's happening, then 
I always say to the professional, will you help me here? Will you write myself and the other parent a letter expressing your concerns and let the professional speak, let the teacher speak. I've noticed that Johnny's more tired in the classroom. She doesn't have to say only after mom's weekends. (laughs) (laughs) No. And maybe just that teacher writing both parents on email saying, I'm concerned, or the dentist saying, okay, we've got a problem here. And this is what I'm recommending that Johnny be sure to brush his teeth morning and evening or after every meal to get this problem taken care of. That's going to have way more weight than what you say. And then maybe just maybe the other parent will change their habits. And then if they don't, then you have more of a case in the courtroom with a written letter from a professional saying this is what needs to be done and it's still not getting done. So there's there's a a step-by-step process before you go from you're feeding him McDonald's every day, I'll see you in court. I mean, there's a lot in between of doing that. Yes. And it brings out the point we keep trying to make that you have no control, but that doesn't make you powerless. There are things you can do, even if it seems hopeless Uh, in the long term, there are things you can do to make an impact, certainly on Johnny, if nothing else. Sure. So cool. I love your question, Brandon. Thank you for listening. And I hope the rest of you will call in or write in your dilemmas. We'd love to answer them or talk about them. And I think I just posted this week on social media. I was inviting people that have businesses that maybe they cater to co-parents. They would uh, call in with their question and tell us what they do. Maybe you're a therapist, maybe you're an attorney, maybe you're a mediator and you call a question in and give us a little bit of information about your business. We'll put it on air, give you a little plug for your business. Sweet. Yeah, I would do it. Okay. All right, Rick. It was good talking with you and see y'all next week. See you next time. We hope this episode was helpful to you. If you'd like to share your dilemma or tell us how something we said has benefited your situation, please call 1-234-DILEMMA. That's 234-362-3445. Or email 1234-DILEMMA at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Co-Parent Dilemmas wherever you get your podcasts and give us a favorable rating. That will make us more accessible to co-parents who are searching for help. Thank you for being part of our non-impossible family.